Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. She takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs. Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And yes, once again, uh, I am recording at a different location. Um, and, uh, you know, the dog's still ready to, to rumble here in the uh, the other room, Dylan. But uh, as we say, I think we're all accustomed to this now. Uh, we're all getting a chance to uh, have our dogs star on our podcasts. And uh, that's what we're going to continue to do here. Um, as the Puppy Bowl has not yet reached out to us about being a sponsor, but uh, that could happen at some point uh, based on our dogs uh, in the background. But uh, we're not here to talk about dogs in this episode. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about some of the recent stuff going on around the NFL. Dylan, um, things have kind of slowed down on the free agency front, but uh, still some interesting things uh, going on around the league. Yeah, we got, I mean, uh, not too many rumors at this point still coming out about Cam, where he might end up, or Jameis. The, the, really the only free agency stuff that has developed at all in the last couple of days is related to uh, Clowney and where he might end up, his price tag going down, uh, the Titans entering the mix, which would be interesting, to say the least, in terms of what he would add to that defensive line. But yeah, otherwise, it's slowing down a bit. I know we talked a bit before the podcast. We'll really start diving into our draft coverage uh, with the podcast next week. Uh, but yeah, right now, just uh, just waiting kind of for those guys to sign. And once they do, free agency, for the most part, is pretty much wrapped up at this point. Yep. Then we start getting into the draft, and that's where we start is uh, the big rumor um, on Tuesday when it came out. And, and again, this is a rumor that's been out there probably for a little while now. And I don't necessarily think it's, you know, probably this, this stunning development uh, that the Dolphins are at least going to do what they can to try to trade for the number one pick. In the 2020 NFL Draft, we've heard uh, other reports uh, that the Bengals have no desire to trade that pick whatsoever, um, and so that's going to present probably some issues for the Dolphins maybe trying to, to pull off a trade like that, but what the Dolphins do have that some other teams don't is some draft picks they can give up, and they have uh, a lot of things maybe that they could offer 
the Bengals, and as we know, Dylan, if you, you dangle enough in front of a team, uh, eventually they may pull the trigger on it. But um, that's the rumor, at least right now, that the, the Dolphins are, are still maybe entertaining this this idea. I don't see why they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I've always wondered that, like, why wouldn't you, if you're a team that knows, you know, maybe you have enough to move up, you know, several spots, even if it's the number one pick, I mean, you at least make the offer. I don't think it hurts you to do that. Um, so it would certainly make sense for Miami if, uh, their target is Joe Burrow. Yeah. If they're determined to get him, I mean, they might be able to find a price. It might be pretty high, but uh, they might be able to yeah. find a price where the Bengals will accept it. The one, the first thing I thought of and kind of was thinking about as soon as I saw this, uh, yesterday was how at this point we've talked about this, the dolphins already have kind of accelerated their timeline a bit more, uh, with where they're heading that they seem like they have a path. We saw them obviously beat the Patriots in week 17 and that big upset that really just showed how much development this team had over the last season. They have a lot of really good young players. If they stay healthy, then you add in the fact that they have so many draft picks, uh, 14 picks in this year's draft, uh, I believe five or six in the top uh, few rounds, uh, the first two or three rounds there. And even at the beginning of the third round, yeah, six picks in the top 70. Um, they have two first round picks next year uh, in 2021, two uh, second round picks in 2021. They easily have the most capital to make this happen. And if they really believe they're just, you know, they still are, they won't have to give up all those picks. They can still build on the fly. And if they're really determined to get Joe, that, I mean, that would, it makes more sense for them, maybe for Joe too as well. Where uh, the, the Bengals on the flip side, they, as, again, like you're saying, they might be determined to take Joe Burrow, but. At the same token, unlike the Dolphins, I don't believe they have the infrastructure already kind of happening. Their their rebuild's definitely a few steps behind. Yes, they have skill players that we're excited about. We've talked about quite a bit, but that offensive line is not coming together uh, too well at this point. It's still still much more of a work in progress. They're a team that could really benefit um, from having a ton of these, uh, you know, adding more draft capital and really, really just – uh, being kind of in a more of a position where Miami's put themselves and Miami, you know, this is, uh, this isn't a coincidence for the last few years. They, they started working on this, starting their rebuild, making sure they, uh, stockpile all these draft picks. And now sure enough, they have an opportunity. If the Bengals want to take it, they could kind of see themselves in that same similar token and, uh, look ahead to the future. They still, you know, if they get the number five pick in a trade here, they still could at that point, uh, two, it might be off the board if someone trades up with the lines for number three, but Justin Herbert would probably still be there at number five. So the Bengals, if they really want, uh, you know, still to get a quarterback, they could make it work. I, I just, it's interesting. It really comes down for me to what, how, how much the Dolphins want Joe Burrow, because I think at a certain point with all the picks they have, it would be hard for the Bengals not to look at that and be like, wow, we can really, you know, speed up our rebuild if we pull off this deal. Uh, at the same time, you don't want to regret not taking a guy like Joe Burrow. I know their fan base has essentially already accepted he's going to be a Bengal. There's already jerseys out there of Joe Burrow. He's from Ohio. So it just seems too perfect for him not to go there. But I, I don't think this is that crazy. It just, again, my, my, main, my main takeaway is if the Dolphins want to get this done, I think there's a price tag the Bengals would have, have a difficult time saying no to. Yeah, I think if I'm the Bengals, I, I don't think I, I could make the trade. Just because, not just for football reasons, but non-football reasons too, like you said. Bringing him back to Ohio, what that would do for ticket sales for a team that, quite frankly, as we know, has not been very good. Um, I think there's a lot of elements like that that could make you certainly understand why the Bengals may be, you know, not wanting to make a move mm-hmm. here, no matter what the Dolphins were to offer. 
Um, but like you said, on the other side of it, I mean, if you're the Dolphins, again, it doesn't hurt to try to do this. Uh, and for the Dolphins, another team favorite of ours uh, here on the podcast, we've got a lot at this point. Um, we went from classifying the Dolphins as one of the worst teams in NFL history <laughs> to uh, one of our favorite teams. Uh, hey, putting Joe Burrow with uh, Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, I'd be all for it. Um, that would be exciting uh, to watch. But uh, yeah, it is. It's an interesting situation because um, we do think that if there's going to be a trade for that number one pick, the Dolphins are the team that has the best likelihood of making that happen. Um, it's just a matter of, like you said, are the Bengals willing to make that move knowing that they could get picks in return? But from my perspective, no matter what they get in return, mm -hmm. it's not going to result in them getting someone like Joe Burrow. And while, listen, it, let's say they were to take Justin Herbert or or Tua. I think, you know, I don't know. Like, I think Tua would be the one that would be better, let's say. I don't know. It would create more of a buzz, maybe. Mm -hmm. That's not anything to, to knock on Justin Herbert. It's just, I think we know. Like, Tua was the guy we came into this draft last year. If we looked ahead last year, you know, he was the guy everyone was talking about. Uh, but now it's Joe Burrow. And so, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you're the Bengals – if you were to make this move, I think you have to probably take Tua because I think that generates the, mm -hmm. the most buzz. Whereas, again, I mean, I know we look at it from a football standpoint, but we know there are a lot of people in that front office in Cincinnati that are looking at it from a non-football standpoint, too, <laughs> and thinking about, you know, how do we improve our, you know, buzz around our team? Um, how do we sell more tickets? And mm -hmm. I think in that scenario, if it's not Joe Burrow, I don't know. Like that's where I think it gets interesting for the big ones. Yeah, I mean, attendance has definitely been an issue for Cincinnati's last couple of years. Um, outside of the that stretch with Andy Dalton, AJ Green, where they're really flown and making playoff appearances, they they have struggled with that. So it's definitely a consideration. They could, you know, it could be a three team deal where they get the number three pick from uh, from the Lions. So that would work out for the Bengals still to get to it. I if 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 I'm the Bengals and I knew, like I wish. You, you could obviously a lot of teams could wish they could do this, but you have foresight to know we can take Burrow this year, and if we're still going to be bad in 2020, bad enough to get yeah. like the number one pick, then then you have that Trevor Lawrence pick essentially locked up, and they could trade that one back and get kind of a you know cash in the same way that we're talking about here potentially doing with Burrow. It just doesn't obviously work <laughs> that way. There's a lot of things right. that go into that. So if they knew that, that would be one thing. And I think also from Miami's perspective, they also can look at the price tag, you know, and, and weighing whether how much they really believe Burrow is a better prospect than Tua. And if it's, if that, if that gap's not nearly as big, I mean, the price tag is still going to be high. I think to trade up for the number three pick with the Lions, the Lions, uh, that's valuable for them. <laughs> Some of those early season losses there, uh, we talked about where the refs weren't really on their side that, now we're paying off pretty well for them, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I think that could become a, a, another thing for Miami in terms of they'll look at the price tag for the number three pick instead of the number one. It's going to be a, a considerably lower, and at that point, maybe that's the deal that makes more sense. And for Miami, again, if I think Tua is still if he if he had been healthy for the duration of the last college football season, there might be more of a discussion. And I've seen you know people this isn't like an uncommon thought. There'd be more of a discussion about who the number one pick would be, even on top of what Burrow did, just because of how just excellent Tua is when he's healthy what he produced early in his career we know Burrow uh, I'm, I'm a person that as we've talked about like draft prospects I don't really care too much about age see off with the Rams and they drafted him he was almost 25 the fact that Joe Burrow is older than 
but that still is a consideration when you're thinking about a, uh, some of the, what these teams do think about uh, in terms of the age of these players. And yeah, two obviously considerably younger at this point. So that, those are some factors where I, I feel like at the end of the day, this is all, you know, we can have these discussions, but I think the Bengals will, as you're saying, just realize we got Joe Burrow, what are we doing? Take him. And I, I think Miami will find their solution and so, find some sort of package with all the picks they have that isn't too huge of a price to, to jump in up to number three and take two of yeah, I think that's one of the things, too, people talked about this week is there are still questions, obviously, surrounding what you're going to get with Tua and the injury and all that. And while all the positive you know, stuff has came back from his scans and everything and um, you know, seems to be where he needs to be, um, I know there are probably still teams that, that are a little concerned. And now, you know, especially think about it in this landscape now, knowing that we're not having these in-person situations where you know, scouts are able to be there you know, see every little tiny aspect of someone's game in terms of where they are right now uh, versus, you know, where they were before an injury. I think that's also something that could play in here. And so it is. It's um, it's an interesting situation, I think, for, for all parties involved um, because, I don't know, if you're Joe Burrow, would you rather play for the Bengals for the Dolphins? Um, if you're the Bengals, do you, if you want to trade away that pick, do you have enough belief in Tua or Justin Herbert uh, to maybe make that your pick? Uh, or, like you said, do we do we look ahead to next year and and maybe focus more on Trevor Lawrence? So, uh, lots of lots of intriguing aspects to the situation. And Dylan, as I always do here on the podcast, one of my favorite things to do is to put you on the spot. Um, if you had to make a prediction right now, um, what what happens? Do does the Bengals do they keep the pick? Um, if they do keep the pick, we know they're they're getting Joe Burrow. Um, or do the Dolphins or, or someone else? Uh, do you think uh, makes a trade uh, up for that number one pick? If I yeah, if I'm betting, I'm not. I mean, it would depend on what the odds are, right? Like I'd <laughs> I'd, I'd see what the, the potential gains are by betting on that. But I if they, if it's even, yeah, I'm gonna say the Bengals are gonna stick with the number one pick, and I, I feel strongly that the Dolphins. It, you know, we'll see though. It, they might not trade up for the number three pick, but I, I do think the Dolphins will at least draft. Uh, most likely a quarterback in this top five. I don't think they're going to wait um, and try to trade up next year to try to get Trevor Lawrence. It's just too risky. There's so many factors. I think Miami already started uh, on this uptick. I, I feel like they're going to take a QB, but if I had to bet, I would not say they're going to take the number one pick. If they are not so sure about two, and there was a clip uh, from one of these mock drafts that they had on ESPN, um, and, and Adam Schefter was talking about how he's not so sure the Dolphins are all in on Tua. So if that's if they really if, if they really do see this gap with Joe uh, considerably above Tua as a prospect, uh, I mean again they have the capital to do it. It, it might be a little risky, but at the same time, they've already, they're still going to have a lot of picks there. I don't know how many of those picks are going to stick around. They have so many yeah, at a certain point, there's only so many roster spots. So I, I don't know. I, I think they should really, uh, you know, consider it pr- pretty strongly. Uh, we'll see from the Bengals point of view, maybe it is true that they just won't give it up. I do think that uh, if I'm betting, I'm saying the Bengals are not betting it, but I, I do think maybe it's more likely uh, as I continue to think about it, than maybe just even a couple weeks ago when I was, completely convinced that the Bengals would absolutely not give up that pick. Well, Dylan is the master of the segue, and uh, we talked about that question because all about betting. And uh, one place that you can do your betting is at Bet Online. Uh, while there is currently no NBA, NHL, MLB, anything going on, you might think that there is nothing to bet on. However, once again, you would be wrong. 
And uh, our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. And you can let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. They're all open 24 hours a day. They're all online, including their $750,000 poker series. $750,000, folks. Yeah, so if you're into uh, props and entertainment betting as well, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, uh, the stock prices, and even the weather. All you have to do is just visit their website and join today to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, BLUEWIRE, and bet online is your online wagering experts. All right, Dylan, some other stuff in the NFL uh, coming out here. Uh, I think the biggest thing people are talking about the NFL approved uh, the expanded playoffs. Um, we knew that was going to happen at some point, and the owners voted to approve it, which means now we get six games on Wild Card Weekend. We get three on Saturday, three on Sunday. Um, that will open up another playoff spot in each uh, conference. And uh, you've already seen a lot of people debating this, and we knew there was going to be a debate about it. Uh, what does this mean for the NFL playoffs? Some people think that it's going to water down uh, the playoffs. Others think uh, it will make it more exciting by giving another team a chance to jump in there. We've seen wildcard teams make a run to the Super Bowl before and uh, probably going to see more happen in the future now that you had an extra one to the mix. Um, initial thoughts on this uh, expanded playoff setup here in the NFL. I mean, it's clearly, uh, we were talking before the podcast, it's clearly just a way to get two extra playoff games, all the revenue that comes with that. I, I think that's uh, obviously the, the concern or why this got voted in. It's why, from the player's point of view, it's not it's not it's a little different than where we talk about eventually there being a 17-game regular season and the impact of that with uh, not even extra bye week. That, that doesn't really benefit the players so much as this being it's an extra opportunity for players that haven't been to the playoffs in their career. There's some teams looking down the last five years that did not make the playoffs and plenty of guys that never got to the playoffs and uh, coach, coaches as well that may have kept their jobs. We'll get to one of those. But um, I, I, I mean, I don't think it's going to really have that huge of an impact. Again, we looked at these top five or sorry, the last five years, the, the two teams that would have made it for me, uh, one from each conference, and they're not, they're all pretty dang average. Um, I don't yeah. think, I think a lot of them probably are going to be pretty heavy underdogs. The two seeds they would be, they would have been facing. Um, yes, maybe some of these teams could have made a run. I just, I, I thought, you know, personally, that, I mean, it's been since I can remember my whole lifetime. So uh, the NFL, I thought the six game, the six team playoff from each conference was kind of a perfect setup. Like, you know, everyone kind of on baseball uh, now possibly expanding, but people wanted uh, said it wasn't enough teams, and I thought they got a pretty good solution with their five-team one. Uh, you know, NBA and NHL playoffs, NHL playoffs in particular, very entertaining with all the teams, but it's more of a kind of a, you know, you just feel like if you have a decent team, you're going to get in. So it kind of waters down the regular season. I thought the six teams was like a nice mix of you got the division champions that are automatically in, and then you got those two extra slots that are actually you really have to fight for. There's games last year like week 16 when the Rams almost beat the Niners, that the drama of that game goes down considerably if the Rams aren't playing for their playoff lives. Uh, yeah. I, I, just, I just think some of these late, instead of adding more intrigue to that final spot, I, I think it might add a little less. I still think it's going to not have a huge net impact in terms of the playoffs, but maybe for me, the, the, that end of the regular season, I know it becomes now instead of fighting for the six seed, it's fighting for the seven, but the, these teams that are fighting for it are going to be seven and eight or eight and seven, and it's not... I don't know. I don't know how much you really earn a playoff spot at that point. Um, I, I hope that at least in the first year, that, or you know, this year when it goes into play, I hope the two seeds blow out those seven seeds just to <laughs> set a tone. But 
Uh, I mean, some of these teams could have made a run, sure, and eventually maybe there will be. There have been some years where there have been 10 and 6 teams, 11 and 5 teams. The Patriots, uh, the Matt Castle year when uh, Tom Brady got hurt, that, that Patriots team that won 11 and 5 and missed the playoffs, hard to argue they didn't deserve it. Um, so there will be some cases like that, but the majority of these teams are all going to be like 8 and 8, 8, 9 and 7 playing, you know, 12 win teams and probably not standing, uh, you know, they, they'll have a shot, but not having too much of a, a chance overall. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, we know one thing hardcore football fans always want at the top of their list, that's more football. And they'll get that, you know, with the expanded playoffs, and people are going to watch the games. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, football fans aren't upset with extra football. But I'm like you in that I thought it was a better setup because you did, you know, you had the top two teams get the bye. Uh, Then you had that, you know, each team's going to, we know who they're waiting on. They're playing the winner of one of these other games. And uh, it just made it, I don't know, it seemingly flowed a bit better, but um i I don't know it'll be interesting to see like you Mm -hmm. said because i I think we're going to look at this with some of these seven seeds and going to be like well you know these teams aren't very good um (laughs) you know and it's it's quite possible you know we we could see like a a seven and nine like you said eight and eight type of team like i don't know if that's possible but uh you know that's probably going to happen we're going to see some eight and eight teams in there and um you know you kind of wonder i don't know but I guess, you know, we have seen more parity in the NFL. Um, so, you know, would it be surprising to see some of these these teams win? Uh, seven seeds, probably not. But um, it is, it's going to be probably just one of those, like you said, it's a money thing. Um, but it's not just a money thing. It's also uh, giving something to the kids because, Dylan, uh, there's going to be a playoff <laughs> game on Nickelodeon. And I will tell you, as a, a Nickelodeon fan, um, seeing the NFL playoffs on there, that's uh, it's not, you know, it's not Are You Afraid of the Dark uh, or some of the other shows uh, on Nickelodeon <laughs> back in the day. Um, that also, Clarissa explains it all, like all these types of shows. Um, instead, you're going to get an NFL playoff game on there. Yeah, I was a huge Nickelodeon fan growing up as well. So that double dare. There you go. I, I yeah, there you go. I was a big Hey Arnold guy. That was probably my favorite one. But <laughs> no, I, I, you know, personally, I that might be the most exciting thing for me. I feel like uh, when we're doing our work here at Clutch Points on the playoff games, I might be tuned into that one just to see what it's like <laughs> instead of the. I believe it's the CBS broadcast that's going to also be on Nickelodeon. I, I yeah, I mean. Uh, I'm uh, curious to see how they really approach that. I think um, as a, someone who watched uh, professional football from a really young age with the regular setup, I don't think it's, you know, not kid friendly already. It's not like these are, it's not like we're watching some uh, violent uh, true crime series or something, but <laughs> um, it's still a violent, pretty violent sport. So it's going to be interesting when you see like really big hits. I'll see, I'll be curious to see how those announcers handle it, that kind of stuff. But it is funny. Uh, maybe it, it does bring in a, a different crowd. Maybe some of these kids that wouldn't be watching it otherwise will tune in and get some interest. I think that in terms of that, it's a, there's no harm to it. I don't think there's anything bad that's going to come from this. I think it'll be it's an interesting idea. Um, and just overall, yeah, I mean, ha- having the extra playoff games, like you were kind of mentioning, we're definitely going to tune in and still care, and they'll still be interesting. There's probably going to be some all-time classic two-versus-seven games now. And it'll just take a little bit of uh, getting used to with how the regular season develops. And, yeah, just going back to last year, you're talking about – the seven and nine, eight and eight teams. The Steelers were eight and eight last year. Pretty, uh, you know, they had that really yeah. big run after the zero and three start. But still, a team that you don't you don't look at them and be like, wow, really wanted to see that team in the playoffs facing. I believe it would have been the Chiefs, right? So, uh, I think you know, even though that Steeler defense was pretty good, I think Kansas City probably would have prevailed. And on the flip side, the Rams had so many flaws last year. Uh, they would have been taking on the Packers. Maybe not the best two seed of all time, but it's, uh, I still think Green Bay at home would have the advantage in that one as well. 
Yeah, I um, I don't know. I'm more intrigued, I think, by the Nickelodeon idea than I am just the fact <laughs> that there's an added playoff game or an added playoff team on each side. Um, but uh, I was thinking, too, I was wondering, you know, I'm just going to like make just a wild prediction. Who's going to be the first seven seed that makes it to the Super Bowl? Um, I don't know. Like, that's a, that's a tough one. We may have to debate that one. Uh, who's going to be the ultimate seven seed in the NFL playoffs? Yeah, I think uh, you... that... <laughs> I think you know the answer. It's going to be the Patriots. They're going to. <laughs> oh gosh, that is funny. Like that would be great. <laughs> that would be great if they wound up as the seventh seed and made it to the Super Bowl next year. That would be awesome. Uh, you know, before the season, I probably would have said the Titans because yes. uh, everyone knows I was I was talking about the Titans as uh, you know that that perennial nine and seven type of team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, hopefully, they're moving in the right direction now, and that won't be the case. Although my vote uh, is going to be the Dolphins. I hope the Dolphins make the playoffs next <laughs> That'd be year awesome. as the number seven seed and uh, make it to the Super Bowl. I'd be all for it if they trade up and get Joe Burrow. But um, So there you go. Those are the expanded playoffs in the NFL. We, we knew that was going to be something that was approved, and it is. Um, really, Dylan, the only other thing, I think Jadavion Clowney still out there in free agency as we record this. Um, there was some talk on Wednesday that the Titans – John Robinson mentioned in his press conference that the Titans were at least uh, in contact with him, uh, trying to to figure something out here. He also added to that, um, you know, that that the health of a player is always something they're going to put as their top priority. They want to make sure, you know, I think basically just mentioning, hey, you know, we're we're looking at every factor here and and deciding whether this is going to make sense for us. We know the Seahawks are, are right there in the mix and. Uh, it seems that most rumors seem to suggest that he's going to return to Seattle, but uh, Titans may be jumping into the mix here uh, for Clowney. Yeah, I, I think that would be an interesting fit for them, a team that, as much as they really took off on offense at certain points last year, uh, you know, were not the best defensive unit. They had a pretty, I think they're in the 20s in DVOA pass defense, top 10 in run defense. Clowney's, uh, you know, obviously can help fill the holes, but for the most part, He's there to to get to the quarterback. So him staying healthy, yeah, that's I mean that's why his price tag is not on the level of some of the, uh, these other guys. Uh, I don't think he even when he's on completely healthy, I wouldn't put him in that uh, Aaron Donald category at all. But kind of just because that's just some in a different stratosphere. But yeah, Clowney healthy is still one of the best defensive ends in the NFL. Uh, probably making more money than he's going to get. Um, so yeah, for the Titans, it comes down to is that price tag makes sense and. If it's a short-term deal, even if it's a little of an overpay, I feel like for Tennessee, that's something you got to do. They don't really have that elite pass rusher. I mean, they did play much better in those first couple of rounds against the Ravens and Patriots, but teams that are set up a little bit differently than what they ended up ultimately facing the Chiefs, obviously, and some of the better passing teams in the NFL. I think it would be a great fit for for Tennessee because, as we've talked about, we feel like at this point, I mean, the Colts with Phil Rivers are still going to be in the mix. I think the Jaguars obviously taking a step back. The Texans, I don't know what's going on there right now. But I think the, <laughs> I think the, the Titans, they, they should seize this opportunity at this point. And if uh, getting Clowney for a little more money than they feel like he's worth for a short-term deal, I don't think that's a, necessarily a bad thing from their end. No, you brought up the point I was going to make about the AFC South, our uh, our brand here. I, yes. I mean, you know, the Texans, I think, are undoubtedly going to take a step back. Um, and I think that the Jags, like, I mean, you know, I don't know what to expect from the Jags. I mean, I don't, you know, you look at their roster, how much better have they gotten this offseason? We don't know what they're going to do in the draft. But, um, you know, I don't think you look at them as a playoff team right now. And, and quite honestly, like, even with Deshaun Watson, I, I don't know how you look at, you know, the Texans and feel like you can form any sort of, 
confident opinion that they're going to be a playoff team because they just got rid of their biggest weapon on offense. They're bringing in David Johnson. We don't know what to expect from him. Um, I don't know. Like, I think, I don't know. The Texans are a, they're a hard team to figure out, and that's where we look at the Colts. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like by default, it's either the Colts or the Texans that are probably going to be the favorites uh, going into next season to, to win the AFC South because the Colts did have Rivers. Uh, but I, it's a it's it's a division that just gets more weird. Mm-hmm. And, like, we, we we know that. Like, that's just what we've come to expect from it. But uh, I do think this is a spot, and I was thinking about that too, what the Titans' window was here. But I think it's almost a situation where because the rest of the division – Except for maybe the Colts. And again, how much, how significantly better are the Colts going to be with Mm -hmm. Rivers? That's what we don't know. But I don't look around at this division and say, you know, I don't look at the Jaguars as being significantly better. I don't look at the Texans as being significantly better. And if I don't think about the Colts either, but the Titans, it's really just about trying to, you know, maintain what you did last year, even if that's not, you know, making a run to, you know, a game away from the Super Bowl. But they can still win the division, you know, just being a team that's maybe above average a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the Phil- yeah, in terms of the Colts, I mean, Philip Rivers stands will remind you that out, for most of his career, he's had pretty abysmal offensive line. So I am, I, I do think he'll have a pretty good year with the setup he has in Indianapolis. But for me, my concern on their end is their defense is still, yeah, kind of took a step back from the year before. Uh, they, you know, have some stars and a pretty good star power adding in free agency as well. But I, I you know, that's what I think will kind of separate them. And overall, this division kind of, you look at the defenses now with the Jaguars after the last few years have really fallen down. There's no like top, like even really top of the top 10 defense, let alone even top 16 maybe um, at this point. So unless the Colts can really take a step there, I, yeah, I, Houston, like you said, like we don't know. <laughs> I feel so bad for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, I, I do think the Titans and Colts, whenever, I mean, there probably are some odds out already that we could find on Bet Online, but I feel like they're clearly the the, uh, the favorites to win this division at this point. Uh, where they stand among the rest of the AFC, as we've talked about a few times already, about the NFC being much more crowded with competition for the playoffs and the AFC now you add an extra playoff team to a conference that already really is just uh, outside of the Ravens and Chiefs and I guess if the Patriots whatever they do a quarterback we'll see but outside of those top tier teams it's it's wide open so I, I think that with the seventh the seventh playoff team it might be a little if as long as they uh, stay generally healthy the Titans and Colts should be disappointed if they don't get in both of them you know whoever wins the division uh, I think both teams have a, a enough uh, talent to at least make the playoffs in the AFC next year well it took us 28 minutes and I know people were wondering if we were going to fulfill our contractual obligation to mention Tom Brady but um, Frank Reich did say in his press conference uh, I think it was on Tuesday that uh, the Colts did look into Tom Brady. They felt like Phillip Rivers was a better fit. I think there was a rumor out there that, that Brady at least had some interest in the Colts. Um, so, you know, what what level of interest, no idea. But um, that's at least uh, a tidbit out there that Frank Mike Wright mentioned in his uh, press conference on Tuesday. But uh, Phillip Rivers will lead the Colts. Um, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry leading the way for the Titans. Deshaun Watson, without his top weapon, leading the way for the Texans. And then... <laughs> Minshew mania uh, leading oh, away to Jacksonville. So uh, the AFC South, never boring. There's a tagline. Uh, don't trademark it because we may try to do that uh, here pretty soon. But uh, that'll wrap up uh, this episode of the podcast. But Dylan, as we continue to say, we've got a lot of great stuff going on over at Clutch Points uh, covering some of these free agency signings and the upcoming NFL draft. So let everybody know where they can find all that. Yeah, yeah, we're still writing some content on where Cam and uh, Jameis could end up. We're also starting to slowly uh, write more original content going over uh, first round picks what teams are probably going to target uh, 
actually p- predicting who they will pick. And we'll, yeah, we'll keep up with all the draft coverage moving forward. You can find all of it on clutchpoints.com under the NFL tab there, uh, as well as in the Clutch Points app under the NFL section. Both uh, you know, with all the news, all of our stuff there, you can search for specific teams pretty easily on the website if you're looking for your own team's uh, previews and whatnot. But yeah, we'll keep going and still, still, uh, you know, even though it's this between period, uh, draft stuff is kind of taken up. And yeah, next week we'll really dive into that a bit more. Yep, should be a lot of fun. Check all that out at Clutch Points, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire and Bet Online for all that they do. And uh, thanks, as always, for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast.